welcome to the Gin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. And I'm over here giggling a little bit because I realized... We just spent 45 minutes catching up before we started recording, and that's what happens when we take a couple weeks off. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, but like during our conversation, because I'm like, I haven't talked to you in two weeks, which is weird. So there was like so much to catch up on. It's really three weeks. So yeah, I mean, usually Yay. we get that weekly check-in. So so you just got back from Thailand, and I think everyone would be interested to know your thoughts. I fell so in love with Thailand and it was never something that was on my, you know, top three priority destination list, but because I sold Thailand and this opportunity came up with a travel show marketing group for a conference there, I just felt like it was a really great opportunity for me to just check it out, get to know the vendors, see how I can better advise clients who go to Thailand and when I say that I was just completely floored by the entire experience of the country, I honestly, like, I don't know why more people are not going to Thailand. I think it's the long flight for one, but if you can get past that, it's such an amazing country. It's super affordable. Even the five-star luxury hotels compared to, a similar quality and service level in Europe, you're going to get so much more value from going to a place like Thailand versus going to Europe. And they're not super full of tourists yet. Um, Most, I guess most travelers are heading over to Europe still. And so places like Thailand are still waiting for guests to come and visit. So I felt that it was such a great experience. And now I feel like if I get clients who are just open to where they can go, I'm definitely recommending it much more. Uh, so it was, it was amazing. You can tell them they can get a massage every day. Yes. Literally it would be a crime to not get a massage every day because you can get a two hour massage for $17, including gratuity, which is insane. That's worth, that's worth going right there. Yeah, especially, exactly. I mean, and I do see Thailand kind of as like along the lines of a wellness. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, yes. So. Yeah. I feel like the pace, even though you're in a crazy city like Bangkok, for example, you don't have to go at a crazy pace. They do prioritize wellness experiences. Like health is super important. The food is so fresh. We ate mm, so much food, food and I didn't ever feel gross. Uh, so I just feel like it was, it was such a great experience, even though we were there for a conference and we were, we had a stacked itinerary. I never really felt like I was stressed. How do you feel like the language barrier? What role did that play? Most people we encountered spoke English really well. There were some vendors that, you know, at at booths or the night market that didn't really speak English well, but you knew enough to get the transaction done and well, smiling and pointing and laughing. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the thing is what they say is like uh, Thai people, when they don't understand some, something, they just smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but they were so sweet. The culture, the people, I just loved everything about it. And the one time that I felt like I was asking a question to a vendor that I didn't understand, I just used Google translate for yeah. 
you know, English to Thai and we got through the conversation perfectly fine. So I did not feel like that was a huge issue while I was there. I think that is one of the challenges that keeps people from exploring that far over. And even myself, I mean, I know what it's like to go somewhere and not speak the language, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm more comfortable with Latin based languages. I feel like there's, I can figure some things out. So it's good for people to know that that's pretty easy to navigate there. Yeah. And I feel like it was actually easier to get around Thailand than it was in Japan. Okay. In terms of language. All right. Let me put it on my list. Well, (laughs) before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. First up on our docket is uh, an article from Travel Market Report about six signs a new client might be a tire kicker. And we do not stand tire kickers. This conversation, I mean, over the, I guess, 16 years now that I've been in this business, like this is just such a theme in deciding how to run your business and figuring out how to navigate this and how Mm -hmm. not to waste time. And I know none of us can afford to waste any time. Yesterday, I put a survey on my travel biz boss Instagram that was like, are you A, feeling energized and in control or B, feel like you're driving a semi with no brakes? Because that's where I'm at. (laughs) (laughs) I I responded to you. I'm like, is there like something that's a combination? Because depending on the hour of the day, I feel like it's different. It's like all of the above. Um, And I know in the beginning of starting my agency, it's really hard to tell who's serious and who's not. And then at that time, you're kind of justifying working with tire kickers because you're just like, well, it's helping me build experience. Yeah. But then after a certain period of time, you just, at least for me, I ended up feeling resentful because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. just wasting my time. You know, X, Y, Z, that made me upset. But then at the end of the day, I'm just like, that's my fault for tolerating yep. that kind of treatment. And so being able to get better at figuring out who's a tire kicker would really help someone who might just be starting out and keeping you motivated and happy in the industry. Yeah, because they're operating from a place of fear. So not only are you justifying it by saying, well, it's experience, I need to learn. And that's a fair argument in some cases. But it's also like, oh, you know, I'm going to work on it on the 10% chance that I can somehow get this sale. And after a while, you start to realize this is not sustainable. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And this article starts with saying, obviously, travel agencies are interested in business growth and need new clients, but not all prospective clients are worth your time. Some prospects have no intention of planning travel with you. Others just want you to find rock bottom prices and will go with whoever offers them the lowest price. Knowing how to identify these so-called tire kickers can save you a lot of time and frustration, leaving you with more time to work with the clients who truly do appreciate your expertise and service. So one of the signs is they won't talk about budget or they have an unrealistic budget. So when you ask about budget and they say that there's no budget, one of the uh, advisors that they interview here, uh, Leanna Bell Panera, owner of Nautical Dreams Travel, 
That's when she says she starts seeing warning signs. With few exceptions, most vacationers have a budget in mind when they start planning travel. Those that say they have no budget or won't review their budget during an initial conversation may not actually be ready to commit to making a purchase, or they may have unrealistic expectations that an advisor can waste time putting together proposals that they're never going to consider. Yeah, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of ways that you can tackle this. Now, there's one getting really good at knowing uh, your destinations and what hotels cost. Whitney Schindler from Masters in Travel has like a really good way to do this. I've never been too great at this with the custom trips, but I can with cruises and like all-inclusive packages. At least like with an all-inclusive package, you can just go take a quick look and see what the bottom line is for like the the lowest quality resort you might be willing to book and say, I'm seeing prices rock bottom starting here and going up. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I do is I'm not going to do work until we at least get an idea of what we're looking at, because if they say no budget, just like she says, usually it's that they have no idea and you need to at least get them some idea. Or when they say, oh, I don't have a budget and that, you know it's like a five night trip somewhere, I'll be like, oh, so if I come back with 20000 does that sound good? And they'll be like... No, you know, and you said, what number just popped into your head? What is the number that just came up that you thought it was going to cost? Right. And I always tell them, like, I am not trying to max out your budget. What I'm trying Mm -hmm. to do is avoid frustration. I don't want to offer you a bunch of lovely (laughs) items that are outside of your budget. And then that makes the whole thing not seem like any fun. Right. And I think the important part of that is just the transparency of things, because if people are reaching out to you and it's their first time, they don't know you really well, but they've heard rumors or they've heard things from other people about working with advisors. You, you don't know what's going on in their head. So I always want to put them at ease by explaining to them, like, this will really help me offer suggestions to you that really fit what you have in mind. And if they have no budget or they're like, we don't really know how much something like this costs, I'll just ballpark a number based on the quotes that I've sent out or even pre-COVID pricing where I'm like, pre-COVID, it was about this much. Now we are seeing inflation, so you can expect it to be higher than this. So it at least gives them an idea of whether or not this is a realistic trip for them. And sometimes it requires them to say, okay, didn't realize it was going to be this much. Let's talk about it some more to see if we can raise our budget. So I might say things like, um, you know, I can provide you tips, but if you can, if you're okay decreasing the number of days or increasing your budget, just giving them alternatives let's chat. I'll send over a questionnaire to you. But for me, like one of the things that I do, and we've talked about this is to charge a fee for Mm -hmm. working with you. And I won't quote anything custom until I get the fee paid. So, and that's one of the things here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think, um, well, one of the lines that Whitney uses that I really love, which is very simple, but I love to be reminded is, in my experience, a trip like this will mm-hmm. usually run between and gives a pretty big range. So that, because right. you know, when people are like, just ballpark it, they're going to hold you to that number. They say they, right. will, they will, you know, like just do a range. Um, 
And then like you, I will always, if I know, if we talk about budget, but I feel like I'm going over, but not by too much, I will usually give ideas. We could shave off a little by doing cutting a day or mm-hmm. not doing this tour or something like that. And they never want to do that. They always want everything you right. gave them. But uh, it is important to have some boundaries about this budget conversation, at least if they're saying they don't have one, it's in your best interest to go and see what the range is looking like and bring that to them before you put in any other work and ask, is this going to be a comfortable investment for you? Or is this going to, is this a comfortable price range for you? And right, if so you right. can move forward. And if not, just don't, don't try to put a, a square peg in a round hole. It's not right. worth your time. And this is where, you know, we've had a conversation with Jen Lee about this is just using the right words. And so I never mm-hmm. use the B word. I just use a comfortable price point, yep. um, you know, language because I'm just like, that could just, that's just to help us better narrow down what we can put on your itinerary. That's it. You know, and I always yeah. tell them if, if we go over budget, when I present the quote and itinerary to them, I will explain to them, you know, I know this puts you over, but I feel like this is an important thing to add in. And I just want to offer it to you as an option. I will say too, and I may, I used to make this mistake when I was a young whippersnapper. Um, when people are like, can you give me a ballpark? And you say, no, I have, you know, like you got to pay my fee and we got to do all the research and all of this stuff mm-hmm. before I can, it's, it's not a good way to get that client to move to the next step. You should do five minutes of looking Mm -hmm. to at least provide some kind of a range. Absolutely. Because then like the two that pop up for me all the time that people just have no idea how much they cost are Hawaii and ski trips. Yes. (laughs) Every time they like fall (laughs) over at the price. So anytime, and I actually don't book ski trips and let, there's like five clients that are in my, in my client base that I'll do whatever they want, but that's it. Anyone else, I refer the ski trip out to someone else, but I have one now and it's his second one with me. And the first time I was like, listen, everybody gets sticker shock with a ski trip. And I want to warn you, it's going to be, you know, this ranger up. And when I sent him the proposal, he was like, yep, that's uh, that's tough, but we really mm-hmm. want to do it, you know, but just knowing right. it. Uh, and I have, of course, that's a long-term relationship that I have. You can't just say that to every client, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's worth your time and a way to build a relationship. Because what I was going to say is, let's say you take that five minutes, you come back and it's Hawaii and they're like, oh, no way. You could be like, well, have you ever considered Costa Rica? You want mm-hmm. waterfalls? You want to try? Like you could right. keep that conversation going. Instead of just saying, no, I can't, I can't help you. I can't tell you anything until you pay my mm-hmm. fee, in which case that's probably not a relationship that's going to go anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Completely agree with everything. Um, the second sign is that they're only focused on price. Like they mm-hmm. want the bottom of the barrel, the lowest price. Um, they, there's a high probability they're a tire kicker. They're shopping around. So another travel advisor they interviewed, uh, they said, there are many ways to run a travel business. For me, I do not compete on price. If the sole deciding factor is money now, it will be later. And I am not getting a long-term client who values service and relationships, not the client I want and not worth my time. So some words and phrases that indicate a client is only focused on price include anything related to deals or best price. 
Um, This advisor says, if the conversation starts with what kind of deals can you offer me? I immediately assume the caller is price shopping and does not appreciate the service a travel advisor provides. I have found that these clients tend to take up a lot of time asking for multiple quotes and then generally end up deciding they can get a better deal online. And there, I feel like there's exceptions to this. Mm -hmm. I always, because I started with an agency that was like all about cruise deals and work in the system every which way. And everyone who came to us was looking for a deal. And I still have several of those clients this many years later, even though I do business differently. So it's not impossible to build a clientele that way. If, for example, TVI, we're with a signature network, they hold a ton of group space. We do have exclusive pricing. What you don't want to do is make that the main theme of all your marketing so that anyone, no one thinks of you as anything except for the bargain bin. Uh, but if you are like me and you can book a cruise in four minutes with your eyes closed and you happen to have attractive pricing on something, to me, no big deal. I, I don't even care if that client, not that I don't care. I want to build every client into a, a lifetime client. Mm-hmm. But if, it, if it's, you know going to take me 10 minutes and I'm going to make a couple hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars because I just so happen to have attractive pricing on that. I'll do it because that's like um, easy money. But that's not the foundation of my business. That is like mm-hmm. a one-off. That is something I have access to here and there. And like I said, I've been able to, like through my service, turn those clients into loyal clients instead of just constant bargain seekers. So I don't like to completely poo-poo the people who do have access to good deals and want to capitalize on them. Mm -hmm. But I will say it's it's a lot of grinding if that is like the business model that you're using. Right. And I see this as a little bit of a challenge. Whenever I heard deals or the cheapest or whatever in the past, I immediately turned off. But I feel like as I've grown through this business, I make it clear in the beginning by letting them know that if that is your number one priority is the cheapest price, we may not be a great fit. I just tell them like my role is to match you with the perfect experience at the best value. That doesn't mean that it's going to be the cheapest because the cheapest resort isn't, may not provide you the best experience based on what your needs are. So In the beginning, I'm just very clear about that. So I'm like, you're not going to find the cheapest option, but we will find you the best value. Because the cheapest isn't the best. And I have that on my inquiry form. It's like, is your priority the best experience for the money or -hmm. is it the lowest price period? And if they say the lowest price period, depending on what, if it's a cruise and I happen Mm -hmm. to have that, that's fine. But other than that, I'm I'm not going to spend time on it because I know... I'm number one, if I give them the cheapest thing, it's not going to be good quality. And so that's not going to create a life lifetime client either. It could also be an opportunity for education too, because some people that's just how they've operated was to find the cheapest, but it could be an opportunity to just let them know, Hey, this is the reason why we don't always think the cheapest option is the best. Yeah. And here, here are the reasons. And you let them know, just get what you pay for Exactly. And I feel like that's part of the value too, is that you're saving them from a potentially disastrous experience. So I just try to use that to educate. And if they're okay with that, great. But if they're not, like, for example, I have clients, they wanted to use points on their hotels because they have a ton of Marriott points. 
Mm-hmm. And the supplier that I use for this destination, they will not take any inquiries that aren't completely booked through them. Like they're not going to piecemeal yeah. anything, which I completely understand. So part of me, I was a little bit nervous about telling them like, hey, they would, would it be okay if we just booked everything together? It just makes the trip flow more smoothly. If anything goes wrong, we'll be able to take care of it. And it definitely put them a little, just slightly over their initial comfortable price point. But after I set them the, they're like, okay, we're okay with exploring that. Like we don't have to use our points. Mm-hmm. Because I told them like, if we can give you a really great experience, even without using points and come as close as possible to your comfortable price point, you know, would you be okay with that? And they're like, sure. Set them the itinerary and quote. I was so nervous. I'm not going to lie. I was just like really mm-hmm. nervous. I'll be like, no, 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 we're going to use our points. And then I would have been so, um, what's a non-curse word? Um, (laughs) anyway, um, but they loved it and they appreciated me being able to put something like that together. And so a lot of times I feel like we make things worse in our heads when it comes to this, because we're thinking from our perspective, like the worst case scenario, but I feel like our clients, if you can really prove your expertise and value, they really do appreciate that. Yep. Absolutely. And then number three, and this is a hot spot for me, they've spoken with other advisors and it always makes me laugh when someone tells me that and in their mind, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to let her know she's got competition. And they are always absolutely flabbergasted when I say, no, thank you. I can see that this advisor has put in a ton of work to put this together for you. The price looks amazing to me. I really think that you should just Mm-hmm. Stick with them because they've already yeah. invested a lot of hard work in this. They can't believe yes. it. They think uh, they think I'm going to be like, oh, let me, let let me try, try to save you twenty five dollars. That's always a red flag, and because then who knows how many advisors they speak to, right. and then they're just going right. to do that to you the next time. They're going to let you do all the work. Yep. They're going to take what you have and they're going to run it by someone else, and then that you know it's just a terrible. And I feel like those cruises are usually like the three night booze cruises in the interior cabins, not saying anything is wrong with that, but those are the typical bookings when they come to me, they're like, Hey, we're working with someone else. Like this is the pricing they have. Can you beat it? I'm like, no, it's going to be the exact same. Go with the advisor who put this quote together for you because they've already done the work. I don't compete with other advisors, but I've had it like complicated FITs. I've had people send me the quote. That's like, you know, from a supplier that I know. Yeah. Um, and like, can you do better on this? <clears throat> no. I don't actually want to. <laughs> so yeah. you go ahead and work with the advisor you've been working with. Um, number four, they're only interested in destination and product. Um, so Becky Smith is the advisor that interviewed here, and she said a big red flag for her is someone who is only asking about destinations without wanting to plan anything, a behavior she refers to as milking the agent. To her, this indicates the customer is trying to gather as much information as possible before going off on their own to book direct or via an OTA. And they are. And this is picking your brain. And this happens, 
especially with our own personal network of acquaintances, mm-hmm. friends, and family. They really feel yeah. like they don't understand what they're doing. And right. that is why when somebody I went to high school with pops up in my Facebook DMs with few pick your brain type of questions, I immediately send them my inquiry form and explain how we can start working together so that they understand right. that I'm a professional um, and like the universe is not over here paying me a salary to just give out travel <laughs> advice. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't, they're not trying to be rude. They don't, mm-hmm. it doesn't even occur to them. They don't know what they don't know. And that is why I handle it that way. So immediately, like, oh, this is a professional situation. Okay, I better think before I right. just start trying to ask for her time. Yeah. And there are different situations for different things. Like if I'm out having drinks with friends and, you know, it comes up in conversation, like I don't mind sharing. And um, usually if someone like pops up, like in my DMs and asks a random question that I haven't seen since graduation, I'm going to say like, check out this website, you know, and if you feel like you need assistance, like send me an inquiry through my, through my website. But I feel like this is where it's important to, this is my personal experience, to really understand and know the kinds of trips that you book. Because mm-hmm. if they, and I see a lot of times, you know, people in my network traveling, like going on like a cruise or maybe doing an all-inclusive and they may or may not know that's the business that I do. But I see them, I don't feel hurt about it the way that I used to, because those are not really the things that I book. Yeah. So I, I became very clear about what I would prefer to, to handle. And it makes me feel less pressure. So if someone asks me about a destination, I'm like, oh, I love it there. This is what we typically you know, offer for our clients. I help them do this kind of stuff. And then just share the information there. But yeah, I remember in the past when that would happen. I'm like, yeah, you I'm gotta so sad about skin. it. Yeah. yeah. Every time we bring someone on the team, we're like, listen, yeah. the people you know are going to hurt you. They're going to cut you deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to realize that it isn't personal. We try to help them get ahead of that, but it still stings. Yeah. yeah. Another one that they have is that they won't answer questions or respond to requests. So... I know a lot of people who have in their fee agreement, like you have seven days or 14 days or like a really finite amount of time to make the decision or you forfeit mm-hmm. the, the fee, which mm-hmm. I'm like, dang, you're serious. But um, obviously a tire kicker hasn't paid a fee. And when they're, you know, they ask you stuff and then you respond to get some clarifying questions. I always... I really get frustrated when I can tell that people just want me to somehow read their mind. They don't want to give me any information. They just want me to know. And so I will actually ask more questions to sort of push them to say, Mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm not ready yet or something like that because I don't have time. Right, right. And following up is so tedious, but I continue to do it. Yeah, I really do. Because sometimes they forget, but I just, if they don't respond at all, and that's definitely frustrating, especially if you put in work. Right. Exactly. Uh, The final one. Oh, you can take it. Oh, no. You want me to take it? Okay. Um, The last on the list is unhappy about service slash planning fees. 
Um, one of the advisors interviewed in this article, she explains her fee schedule in every consultation she does. Should there be resistance or bartering, I consider this a blazing red flag. It's time to move on immediately. I know that that's a touchy subject for a lot of people. And I was just uh, giving someone some advice. Like, I think it's pretty brave to not bring up fees until the call. Mm -hmm. I think that can, you know, make things awkward. I personally am one to let people know ahead of, first of all, I don't have 30 minutes to waste on a call if it's going nowhere because they're going to be shocked by the fee. So Mm -hmm. I'm sending the fee information before we get started. And actually going back to Whitney, I like how she'll say, in my experience, a trip like this will cost between this and this. Uh, My fee for planning this type of trip is X, Y, Z. If all of this sounds good, schedule your consultation. Weed them out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like to have it on my website. And I also send that information in the response to their inquiry. So by the time they actually send in their questionnaire and schedule a call, like they should know that Mm -hmm. that fee is there. So they're not surprised. No surprises. All right. This next article is a quickie. This is Travel Agent Central Week in Review. They're talking about the top three trends, which are flexcations, romance, and family travel. So um, the three big trends that are going on right now are those three that I just mentioned. They said, according to Expedia Group's 2023 Traveler Insights Report, The desire for experiences as well as remote work policies, consumer savings, and yes, of course, pent-up demand will drive travel in 2020-2023. (laughs) (laughs) Even better, traveler confidence appears to be on the rise with many booking further out. During the last quarter last year, 35% of all searches were for travel in 2023, which is a 55% increase from 2021. As for where they're booking... Um, All but two of the top 10 most booked destinations are domestic, with Cancun and London being the outliers. The experiences people are looking for range from food-first trips and wellness retreats to the nothing-cation where people simply want to relax after a post-holiday burnout. And from Sandals' Trend House, the quote-unquote Sandals Institute of Romance, They say that Americans are prioritizing their relationships in 2023, and they aren't letting rising costs derail their plans for a romantic vacation. Along those lines, two-thirds, 67%, say a getaway for two would be a particularly romantic gift in the top choice of partners in 23. As well, the survey found that more than gifts, sharing experiences has proven to be the ultimate love language. And it Uh, says Travel Leaders Network just debuted its Honeymoon and Destination Wedding Leaders Alliance for advisors who specialize in romance travel. These alliances offer specialty gatherings, networking in person and online, as well as opportunities for collaboration and sharing of knowledge and exclusive trainings. 
And finally, six in 10 travelers are more likely to choose sustainable lodging and over one in three travelers would pay $25 more per night for lodging with sustainable amenities. And that is an according to a recent survey by Flowwater. Survey results also showed that over half of these travel consumers consider sustainability important when making a purchase decision, and 60% would rather spend their money at a business that used best practices for sustainability. Those Once are the again, sustainability. Yeah, there she is again. Last on our articles list is from Travel Market Report, getting started designing tailor-made groups. Most any travel supplier will advocate group travel as one of the best ways for advisors to increase their business as travelers continue to seek to be more engaged in their travels and more immersed in experiences. It's the ideal time for travel advisors to take that advice one step further. Focusing on the custom group experience, a travel advisor caters to the specific needs of a particular group. Both global and local tour operators offer the ability to tweak their offerings and create a bespoke experience for a particular group. And one thing we had talked about was that there are suppliers that offer guided vacation type experiences mm-hmm. that can absolutely customize one of their itineraries for a group. Yep. Something I was just at the Masters in Travel retreat this past weekend, and something we were all talking about, especially when we're talking about millennials is the need to feel special and not feel like they're getting something cookie cutter. But what I don't think a lot of travel advisors know is you can go to one of these sort of big box escorted tour companies that they really know what they're doing because they do it day in and day out. And you don't have to necessarily take their prepackaged tour. They can change dates. They can change the experience. They can customize it. So you can make it feel more special and just for the group. And one of those companies is Intrepid Travel. And I know a lot of you might be familiar with them, um, but they do a lot of the guided escorted tours. But you can take their itineraries and customize for a larger group if you wanted to put something together specifically for your clients. And I love this idea because of the backup that you have to have a big Mm -hmm. supplier like that being the one to put that together and use all of their contacts and all of their resources to execute that trip perfectly. And one of the perks of this, one of the advisors they're interviewed in this article, she includes all components of her group tours into one unshoppable package. Mm -hmm. So they're not able to just go online and, and put something together. There's nothing like that because it's completely customized for you and your clients. Yes, and she praises Intrepid in particular for having some of the best tour leaders around. Their ability to customize with flexibility, their local staff, and high commissions are key. And this section of this article about how to get started, um, one of the advisors interviewed offers a few suggestions for people interested in creating custom groups. For Intrepid specifically, the minimum group size for a custom trip is four people, though groups of eight or more will help to bring down overall costs. Intrepid specializes in small group tours with an average group size of 10 people on its standard departures. Um, Brett Martin, the person interviewed in the section, recommends advisors reach out to Intrepid to begin planning a bespoke group trip a minimum of three months in advance of the date of travel, but you will Mm -hmm. generally see better pricing and availability at hotels if you start planning closer to six, six to nine months out. And that'll give you time to market 
the trip too, unless you already have a set group of people three months before, like, yes, we're going to go. But planning closer to six to nine months out will give you that time to set up a marketing campaign, talk about it. And this type of thing, I think, is really perfect for an affinity group. So it'd be like a group of friends and family or a knitting group or, you know, whatever, any type of affinity group. So I don't know. I have to look into what it looks like to do this on like holding speculative group space, what kind of risk is involved. But I think it's a good I idea. think every supplier might have a different policy regarding that. I know with me before COVID, I was trying to do something similar where I was doing, trying to do a custom group and they required a deposit of, I think, $50 per person or something to hold mm-hmm. space. And you had until a certain date before that deposit became non-refundable. So. And this is also, now that you said that, so perfect for a travel with me situation. So if you want to go yes. and invite people to go with you, that you could fill one of these groups in a snap. Mm, absolutely. That was what I was trying to go for. Um, so now that I know other mm. suppliers are doing something similar, I might look into that. Mm-hmm. The last one that they're ta- that they're mentioning, and like we said, there's many. I think we were brainstorming. It's like Trafalgar. We think Brendan Vacations. I believe Globus does stuff. Any of your escorted tour operators, don't be afraid to just ask. Hey, I think G Adventures, but just ask. Can you do something custom for me? But they mentioned Alaska Railroad, which is ideal for multi-gen travel. They, um, of course, take away some of the stress of traveling with younger members. And traveling with a custom group obviously allows all members of the group to enjoy the destinations. I think Alaska is a really good destination for something like this. Cruising is great. I think cruising is great for those of us that just want to like get a look at Alaska but if you really want to see Alaska, you have to go inland. And that's a that's a much more complicated undertaking. So having a company that would put it together for a family, I don't know what their minimum is, but if, if it's like Intrepid, you could do a family of four. Um, having the rail, the lodges, any other miscellaneous transportation, the whale watching that, you know, all of those things, I think in Alaska, um, having someone who turns out this type of trip all the time, be able to put something together custom is ideal. And just thinking about how the minimum for Intrepid is four people. Yeah. You have two couples who want to travel together to X destination and they're open to having something that Intrepid offers that you can customize. You don't have to find a DMC to put something together. It could be a much easier process if you're like, oh, this is the general itinerary that we like. Here are some things we can do to customize. Of course, I don't know what the overall pricing is with just four people, but it could definitely be something to look into if you are not 100% comfortable with this new destination, but you want to get into it. I don't know, obviously, but I would be willing to bet it might be more affordable because of the volume of business they do with all of their partners, they probably mm-hmm. get some pretty competitive pricing. But somebody let us know. Somebody uh, price it up and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to check it out too, because I feel like I'm super curious, especially if the minimum is four. Yeah. 
I'm doing a I'm doing an FIT for four people right now. Um, are we ready for excess baggage? Oh yeah. Okay, it's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, United Airlines is rolling out a new dynamic seat map that it says will make it easier for families to sit together at no additional cost. That starts in March. Another article from them covers the river cruise lines that offer dedicated family sailings. They are Adventures by Disney on Alma, Croissy Europe, Emerald, Talc, and Uniworld. Travel Weekly reports that this year's wave season has the potential to be a record-breaking one for cruise lines as executives and travel agencies say booking volumes have eclipsed 2019 levels and set records. Another one from them says that Machu Picchu has reopened after being closed for three weeks amid anti-government protests. Travel Pulse reports that Sandals Royal Bahamian Resort has unveiled a new high-tech convention center featuring state-of-the-art equipment and luxury furnishings, all framed by the iconic bright blues of the Bahamas and unique cultural experiences just beyond event space doors. They also report that the region of Baja, California, which comprises cities from Tijuana near the Mexico-United States border to the popular tourist region of Los Cabos, might see a new peninsular train development within four years' time, connecting the region like never before. According to Travel Agent Central, Bolt Farm Treehouse is set to unveil four new honeymoon treehouses in March. In addition to the signature Bolt Farm outdoor shower, the couple's latest treehouses include hand-hammered freestanding copper tubs. Hot tubs are also provided with every unit and positioned to take advantage of Bolt Farm's setting for stargazing. Each floor plan also includes a private area to serve as the perfect space for relaxing and reflecting, each with its own illusionary wallpaper to set the scene for content creators. In keeping with the honeymoon theme, from showers and tubs to pod-style chairs, every feature is designed for two, keeping couples closer than ever throughout their stay and experience. Another article from them says that Pleasant Holidays and its luxury brand Journeys have launched a new destination in Europe with the addition of Madeira Island, Portugal, as well as a collection of four- and five-star hotels and resorts. Pleasant Holidays and Journeys now offer 23 countries in Europe with 700, over 750 hotels, river and ocean cruises, plus trains. And our high note today is from afar, Havasu Falls, the famous waterfall found in the Red Rock Canyon near Supai, Arizona, is reopening after being off-limits to the public for nearly three years. Found in a remote part of the Havasupai Indian Reservation, the Cascade, which requires special permit issued by the tribe to see, was initially closed due, the, due to the pandemic. And that's it for excess baggage. <laughs> Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello? Please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Cause, cause, cause no one can do it like